Anybody else love Wally? I love Wally. It's like my favorite Pixar movie of all time. Uh, and the really cool part is it holds up really well. So we just introduced my kids to it just recently, um, and they absolutely loved it. Even though there's no dialogue for like the first 30 minutes, they didn't care. They absolutely loved the movie. Um, and I think it's because Wally is such a fantastic character, right? He's just full of innocence. He loves the stuff around him. He has such a good time. He really enjoys what he's doing. Why am I talking about Wally and Pixar on a Sunday morning? If you're new with us, my name is Evan. I'm on staff here at Epic. And Chris really talked me up this morning, so I had to bring it today. So, you know, you guys be really gentle this morning. Um, we've been in this series called Transformed, and we've been looking about the fact that God wants to transform our lives. And we based it all on this idea that we can do one of two things. We can conform or we can transform. God wants to transform us. Wally had one job. He just had one job, and it was to conform the chaos around him, right? We had absolutely destroyed the world. Everybody goes off into space in the axiom, and it was Wally's job to conform the chaos around him so that the humans could come back. No matter how hard Wally worked, no matter how many of those little boxes of trash that he crushed up and made in these towers and piles of garbage that he put together, it's not going to matter. He can't transform the world into something that can be lived on again without an external force. It's all about conforming for him, but it didn't matter how hard he worked, he wasn't going to make the change that was needed. So today, we're going to look at the difference between conforming and transforming and why we want one over the other. And Paul talks about it in this verse we have been memorizing together for like six weeks now, guys, right? We've been memorizing this verse, Romans 12, 2. Have you guys been working on it? Yeah, we know it. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> we know it. You're going to regret saying that because I have a microphone. I need one one brave person willing to recite the verse, and I'll do it with you. Who's willing? All right, right here, Patty. And because it is the season of peanut butter eggs, you're going to get peanut butter eggs. I'm going to come down here with you. All right, so no matter how this goes, you get oh, this anyway. Wow. So this oh, is... Well, really, it's my voice. Okay, there you go. Okay, this is your microphone. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right, do you want me to do it with you? You just want to do it. No, we could do it together. Okay, ready? Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2. Don't, Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you by changing the way that you think. Then you will know, then you will learn his will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. All right, way to go, Patty. Way to go. That, that's what we do here. We participate, we have fun. Good job, Patty. I'm very impressed. So, Paul tells us, we can do one of two things. We can conform or we can transform. Now, here's the problem, and here's the tough part, is that the two can look similar to each other, right? They both require change. They both require submission. They both require that we measure ourselves against something to see if it's actually happening in our lives. So we have to know the difference between the two and what we're going for in order for us to experience the thing we actually want. So let's look at conformity. To conform to something is to allow an outward force, right? To take on the shape or form of whatever exerted pressure without a change in its substance, Water can be poured into almost any container, 
And nothing is going to change about it other than its shape, right? When you pour water into something, it takes on the shape of the container, but the water in and of itself doesn't change. Or you could be like this tube of toothpaste. And when we are conformed, outward pressure is exerted on us. And we can look like a lot of different things. And we can be forced into a lot of different shapes. And over time, we might look, this is a really sad tube of toothpaste, we might look different than what we started in. We might take on the shape or the form or the image of something different, but we're still a tube of toothpaste. Now, we're really sad tube of toothpaste at this point because everything that was inside of it has been squeezed out. When we conform to the world around us, when we allow those outward forces to force us into a certain kind of shape, we are left exhausted, we are left worn out, we are left drained, we are left empty and completely useless to ourselves or the people around us. Conformity exhausts us. It tires us out. That's conforming. Paul says, don't conform, but be transformed. Transformation, it's to be changed from the inside and become something totally new. So God takes our lives, our boring water, and he says, okay, I'm going to add something new to you. I'm going to add my Holy Spirit to your life and you become something completely new, something totally different, something that looks different, that sounds different, that acts different, that thinks differently. And Paul says, that's the change we want. Because in transformation, we see real life born inside of us. We see real change happen. It's not just being forced into some random shape. It is something totally new happening inside of our lives. But we have to be careful. Because if we go with the conformity, it can look good for a while. But guys, we don't want the substitute. Transformation and being conformed, especially depending on what we're conforming to, can look very similar, but we don't want the substitute. Because here's the deal. We can conform ourselves to good things. We can conform ourselves to rules, to regulations, to religion, to church. We can allow ourselves to look like those things, but no real changes happen inside of us. And we're only fooling ourselves when we do that. We fool ourselves, we lie to the people around us, and we say, look, I look like this now, but I'm not really any different. And guys, conforming, looking like something, even if it's good, it's just like that tube of toothpaste, it is completely exhausting. It is tiring, it is hard, it is basically impossible for us to live a godly life, the life that we want to live without transformation because sooner or later, we are completely empty, we are completely strung out, we are completely worn out by what's trying to force us into this shape. So we can't live a godly life through conformity. We can't live a life that looks like we want it to. We need to actually be changed. 
So to be changed, we accept Jesus into our lives and we say, I'm ready to take this step, but we have to go further than just the single step. See, because we can accept Jesus, but we can remain conformed to the world around us. Paul writes about this in one of his letters to the church in Corinth. So this church was full of issues, just like our lives. So he writes to this church and says, look, I showed up. I showed you who Jesus was. You guys were on board. You said, yes, you were all set to go, but then you didn't take the next step and you just stayed right there and there was no transformation and you're living the exact same life as you were before and there's no change there. And in our lives, when we do that, what that looks like is that means we're trying to live this double life where when we're around our Christian friends or where we're at small group or we're here on Sunday morning, we put on a brave face and we put on the look that we're supposed to have and we say, yep, everything's good to go. I'm all set. I say the right words. I sing the right songs. I do the right things. I pray just like I'm supposed to. And everybody says, yeah, okay, that sort of looks right. But then middle of the week, at work, at school, Friday, Saturday nights, we look exactly like the people we're around then. And there is no difference in our lives and no transformation, no change has taken shape. And we're just exhausting ourselves by trying to live these two lives. See, if we don't allow God to actually transform us, to change who we are, we'll never see real change. See, Michael had the exact same need all of us have to be accepted into what he was and where he was. So he had accepted Jesus. He shows up in that music scene in Nashville. What does he do? Everybody around him is doing what he knows he shouldn't do, but he's got to conform. He thinks, I need to look like this to be accepted by this scene, to move forward into what I want to do. I need to look like this. I need to start doing the things they're doing, acting the way that they're acting, saying the things they're saying. And so he conforms to what's around him. And for three years, it ruins his life until he finally gives it all up and says, no, I'm ready for real change. And that's the step that God wants us all to take, that we allow Jesus to step in and transform us, to be transformed by our God. Not to look like the thing, not to sound like the thing, to actually be changed into more of Jesus. See, when Jesus shows up, when we invite him into our lives to change us at our core, new life is born. Paul talks about this in another letter he writes to the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, he says, when we accept Jesus, we allow that transformation to begin. Our old life is gone. New life is born. Something totally different, something brand new is birthed inside of us. That's transformation. If you take nothing else from this entire series, take this. Don't be a tube of toothpaste. You guys remember that? I can remember that. Don't be a tube of toothpaste, guys. This is worthless to any of us, to you, to me. When our lives look like this, we aren't worth anything because there's nothing left inside of us. There's nothing there. We're just shaped into something that somebody else wants us to be. And God says, no, I have so much more in store for you. Take the transformation. 
Now to get there is a process. The experiment is really pretty and it's a great visual, but transformation doesn't happen at a flip of a switch. See, transformation takes time. And to look at that, I wanna relook at a story we hit right at the very beginning of this series. Does anybody remember when we first started talking about this verse, when Paul uses the word transformed, we get another word from the word he uses. Anybody remember what it is? Metamorphosis, yes. The story of our friend, the butterfly. And I wanna look at that story today because there's a piece of this story we don't ever talk about. There's a piece of this story we hide away from because it's not super pretty. See, when that caterpillar, when the hungry caterpillar goes out and eats all the leaves that it can, only parents of like three-year-olds get that reference. When the hungry caterpillar goes and eats all the leaves that it can, it gets nice and big and fat and it hangs off of that leaf because uh, something inside its brain said, hey, it's time to change. And it forms this chrysalis around itself and it molts its first skin. A hormone triggers off this reaction in its body. And the caterpillar literally begins to self-destruct inside of the chrysalis. It digests itself. Its cells break apart and it comes down to be nothing but some soup, some protein-rich goo inside of that chrysalis along with a few very special cells. And those cells use that goo, that soup, to fuel the rapid transformation necessary to build the legs and the antenna and the eyes and the butterfly and everything that exists in our friend, the beautiful adult butterfly. For two weeks, that caterpillar's life is a nightmare. (laughs) But it's totally worth it when it's done. Transformation is not a pretty thing. It is not an easy thing. It is a difficult process. It can be a violent process. In another letter to another church from Paul, Paul writes in Colossians, he says, look, this isn't gonna be easy. He says in Colossians 3 verse five, put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Put to death, those are not nice words. He says, do violence to your old nature. That's the only way you're gonna get rid of it. It's not gonna be an easy situation. Then, he says in verse 10, then you will put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become more like him. He says, this is going to be painful. It's going to be difficult. It's not gonna be a process you're going to enjoy a whole lot, but the end result is completely worth it. New life. But that poor caterpillar has to be broken down to the very basic levels of its cell and its DNA before it can become what it was created to be. It wasn't created to be a caterpillar for its entire life. It was created to become something different. God creates us to go through transformation and become more like him. And there's a process to it. It takes surrender. That's what Michael W. Smith talked about, that it took surrendering everything that he was and he thought he needed to be on that linoleum floor before transformation could begin. He couldn't do it on his own. He had to stop and let go and let God step into the situation. And here's the deal. God is not going to force it on us. He is not gonna make us undergo this process, but this is what he wants for us because it's best for our lives but he's gonna wait. He's gonna wait until we say, God, please. 
please show up because I can't do this. God, please show up and change who I am from inside because I'm tired of just looking the way I'm supposed to look. I'm tired of sounding. I want to actually be the thing you want me to be. It requires surrender. It's the first step, and a lot of times it's the most difficult step in this process is to let go. Next, we need to apply what we read in this book. We've been memorizing this verse, Romans 12, 2, for weeks, and I love that we are memorizing this because I think one of the best things we can do is to memorize the word of God. So it is with us when we need it. But here's the deal, guys. It is completely useless to us that that's all we do with it. If all we do is read it and learn it and kind of get really good with it, and maybe even we get to the point where we study it and we're really sure we can argue our way around anything we want to because of what we read in this, if we don't apply what it says, it is completely useless in our lives. James, the brother of Jesus, writes in his letter to the New Testament church, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. If you listen to the word of God, but you don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, you forget what you look like, which is kind of ridiculous. We all see ourselves in a mirror all the time. We know what we look like. And James says, yeah, that's exactly it. When you read this, you don't do anything with it. You're being ridiculous. You need to actually apply because when we become aware of something in our lives, when God speaks to us through this love letter that he wrote for us, And he speaks to our hearts. When we become aware of something, we become responsible for it. I am a huge proponent of this. I am a big rules follower. When I become aware of a rule, that's it for me. I'm done. I've got to follow the rule. When I was in college, music sharing just became available, okay? So you'd take your computer, you'd plug it into the computer network there at school, and all of a sudden you had internet like you'd never had before. And you could share music with everybody else on campus, And so things like Napster and Livewire had just showed up on the scene and none of us knew any better. We all just shared everything. We thought it was great until somebody finally said, by the way, that's a a tiny bit illegal. Just a little bit. Well, for me, there is no tiny bit illegal. It's either yes or no, right? And so for me, I had that, okay, that's it. I'm done. Can't share any music anymore and nobody else can either. And so uh, what I did was I worked for IT at the University of Delaware. And when people brought their computers in from the viruses they got from these file sharing services, I cleaned up their computer. And then just to help them out, I'd delete the program for them. I'm really sorry. It, it, got, it was broken by the virus. I, they, maybe we shouldn't impose our morality on others, but <laughs> this is just eh, not my brightest moment. Um, I really believe very strongly that when we become aware of something in our lives and we are no longer ignorant, when God speaks to us through his word, it's time to apply what he is telling us because we become responsible for it. We can't claim ignorance anymore. It is time to do something about it. So we need to apply God's word. We need to persevere through the challenges It is difficult to do this and challenges are going to show up. And we are told over and over and over again, if you want to know what life is like as a Christian and you read the New Testament, you kind of read it and you go, oh my word, this is is ridiculous. It's not easy. It's going to be hard because over and over and over again, we are told, hey, tough situations are going to show up. Peter, the guy who followed Jesus for three and a half years, 
He knew something about challenges. And he writes in his first letter to the New Testament church, in chapter one, he says, so be truly glad. Be truly glad because there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. That your faith is far more precious than mere gold. Be glad, he says. And then just a little while later in this same letter in chapter four, he says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going to go through. As if something strange were happening to you. Look, don't be caught off guard. This is going to happen. It's not an if. It's a when and how many are going to show up. But guys, this is not going to be easy. But here's the truth. More often than not, the next step in our transformation is on the other side of that difficult situation, on the other side of that challenge, on the other side of that thing we really don't want to deal with. So what we do is we get up to the challenge and we look and we go, that's way too much for me. I'm going to come back over here because this is simple. This is easy. This is comfortable. I can deal with this, that, that whole gove. I know there's something. And God says, but look, right over here, there is something so much better, something so much bigger. This is what I have for you. And I will walk with you through the challenge. But we have to persevere. We have to get through the challenge. Don't give up. I know that there are people in here this morning going through some of the most difficult situations in their lives. Do not give up. God is with you. And what he has for you on this side of the challenge is so much better than what is comfortable over there. Don't give up. We surrender. We apply God's word to our lives. We persevere. And finally, we need to embrace the struggle. We need to embrace these situations as they come because this is what purifies us. This is what makes our faith stronger. One more time, back to Paul. In 2 Corinthians 4.8, he says this, and this is one of the most beautiful promises that I've ever read in the New Testament. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed through suffering. Our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. That's not the end of the story. God finishes it out with us. And when we get to that other side of that situation, God's light shines differently in us. And it is one of the most amazing opportunities we have in this world, in this life, is to share that with somebody else. The only way we get to share it is if we embrace the struggle. We walk through it with God and he changes who we are and we begin to look like something more than ordinary water. Because that is attractive to the world around us. It's weird. It's different. Somebody sees you go through a difficult situation and goes, how in the world are you still walking through that? It opens up an opportunity a chance for a conversation, a chance for questions, a chance for you to say, it wasn't me, but God inside of me, transforming me to be more like him. The greatest thing we can do 
is touch somebody else's eternity. And we do that when we recognize that life is a mess. Transformation is messy and dirty and painful. And so we might as well lean into it. And don't be ashamed of the process. Don't be ashamed of the journey you have been through or you are going through or maybe the one that's ahead. Talk about it. Share it. Because somebody else is going through it too. And they will see Jesus in you. Don't be ashamed of what God does in our lives. All of our lives are a mess. But God is creating something beautiful with them. And we come out of that two-week process completely transformed by him. What is it for you this morning? What is that next step? Is it surrender? Is it time to give up? Is it time to let go and say, look, I cannot do this. God, I need you to step in. Has God been speaking to you during this season? These last handful of weeks during the transformation series, has God been speaking to you about something that it's time to put into practice? It's time to apply, it's time to do something, put action to the words that you've been reading or hearing in your heart. Is there a struggle, a situation, something in front of you that just looks too difficult, but God says, I'm right here. And what I have on the other side is so much better. And it's time to walk through the fire. In just a minute, the worship team is going to come out. And we're going to sing one more song together called More. The only way our lives are transformed is when we ask God for more of him, less of us and more of him. And during this song, I want to encourage you to ask God to show up, to speak to your heart and say, this is the next step I have for you. Let's pray together. Father God, what a privilege. What an amazing opportunity to walk this journey with you. God, it is not easy. It is difficult, painful, hard, frustrating at times, but Father, you have so much planned for us. We just need more of you. Father, this morning, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. And no matter where we are in our journey, Father God, let us see that next step, just the next step. And let us be ready to take a step forward. Father, we want more of you in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing this together. Father God, we just thank you for this moment. God, that you are working in our lives to change us, to transform us, Father, to make us different than we were before. God, I pray that we would step boldly into this journey. And Father God, knowing that what you have for us is so much better than where we are right now. And God, no matter the step, no matter where we are, no matter what this looks like, I pray that you would walk with us and take us just to that next point. And Father God, give us courage. Father God, love us through this. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for being here this morning. What a great day with you all. I hope that you'll come back next week as we celebrate resurrection together. We're really excited about Easter. Have a great week. We'll see you all next Sunday.